Welcome to 24 Karat Conversations with Phyllis and Rhonda, where two best friends decided to start a podcast on real women, real friendships, and real issues. Our mission Bible verse is Job 23.10. Yet he knows the way I have taken, and when he has tested me, I will emerge as pure gold. We want to encourage, inspire, and offer hope in a world where life can seem to be unrealistic. Be a support for you to cheer you on as a wife, mother, daughter, sister, and friend. Most of all, you get to relax and laugh with us about all things women. Plus, we like all things sparkly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hello, 24 Carat Tribe. Welcome hey, back. <laughs> oh my gosh, we are excited today to have a guest with us. Her name is Patsy Ross. She is a friend of Phyllis's, and I'm going to let you f- introduce her, Phyllis. Yeah, so I was super excited when Patsy reached out because Patsy and I go... <laughs> way back. (laughs) And um, we have worked together. uh, Gosh, I've known her probably over 30 years now. And um, Patsy is a marketing director for a family owned agricultural business. She graduated from San Jose State University and started her career at Xerox. In 1989, she traded in her business suits and the frantic pace of Silicon Valley for a job with a family-owned egg business in rural Gilroy, California, which is where we met. She started on the sales desk side of the business and eventually, over the years, added on the marketing functions and responsibilities. The business grew from one office at the home ranch in Gilroy, gosh, I remember that little small office, (laughs) to multiple locations and staff in the 30-plus years since Patsy started. Patsy has two grown sons, married two grandsons, born during COVID-19, and lives in the Santa Cruz, California area with her husband of 40 years. Wow, that's Yay, girl. Yay. Yeah, that right there. That's a, that's a congratulations right there. So, um... Patsy, I know you so well, and I um, we've had so much history together. And um, when you reached out to me because of what we're going to talk about today, I just thought this is such a great topic to to really dive deep into things that happen in our lives that become life lessons. Mm-hmm. And so, um, Patsy, just uh, before we get into um, what what we majorly want to talk about, tell me a little bit about how you grew up, like what what kind of um, parents you had, your siblings, that kind of thing. Sure. Um, thank you for having me, too. This is fun. Yeah. Um, I was born in San Jose, California. I'm the third daughter. My mother was 40 when she had me and my father was older than that. Uh, They met pretty late in life, and um, so we were a little unusual. I was, she was at least 10, if not 20 years older than all of my friends' um, parents. Yeah. So that just was just a kind of a different, unique perspective, both parents being that much older, um, that made him a little more strict, um, and I'm kind of grateful. Yeah. (laughs) Because um, we... You know, there's just so many dangers in the world. And um, so we grew up in San Jose, but we had a um, just a normal, what I would call a normal childhood, if there is such a thing as normal. Right. Um, my dad worked. Um, my mom had worked prior to uh, meeting my dad. She'd been on her own since she was 18. 
and very independent and very different into nature, into um, birds, um, taking us to the beach. She was um, kind of a hippie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she was way ahead of her time. Oh, yeah. She yeah. had whole wheat bread before oh. had heard of that before. She, um, anything to do with nature or education, she was behind and supportive. Mm. Um, she was not the mother that took you out to tea or loved to go shopping with you or any of that. So, of course, those are all the things that I craved. Mm. And now at this stage in my life, I can look back and be extremely grateful for the things that she did um, do for us, all yeah. of us. And um, um, it was fun. So I was the third daughter and definitely the baby. And my parents just decided to even out the whole thing by adopting um, our brother. And he was four at the time. Yeah. And so I was five. And um, we kind of became the girls, the two older girls and the kids, my brother and I. Mm. And uh, then we were really busy with uh, four kids and two parents. Mm. My dad was super, just this neat guy. He'd literally been a cowboy growing up in um, Wyoming, um, a cattle rancher. And he had a job, outside job, which was perfect for him because he could not stand to be inside doors for too long. And um, he must have been so tired when he got home from work, but he would always take the time to play with us. And, Mm. um, yeah, I can barely... We lost him in 2001, and I barely can stand to still talk about it because that's what a great guy he was. Yeah. He's the kind that if you were in trouble, he'd just give you a look. It wasn't mm-hmm. even a mean look. He'd just look at you. Yeah. You know, that's that's something really, that the parents need to that's know That's kind now. of an old school thing. My dad could look <laughs> I, at me from across the room, and I knew he'd shut up. <laughs> and they would just look at me and yeah. go, what? I mean, nobody was afraid of me at all. Yeah, that's funny. I mean, is it uh, wrong to say my dad can it. still do that yeah. right now? And I'm like, <laughs> what? I'm so sorry. I'm 40-something, but... He still scares me. Sometimes. I know that's a lost art. <laughs> it is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he would just sit down and talk with you, and I would cry so much harder mm. um, being talked to than being hit because yeah. back in those days we did get yeah. swatted on yeah. the bottom regularly. <laughs> my favorite of that is my mom would be so mad at us, and she'd say, "You're going to get a spanking when your dad gets home." Yeah. <laughs> she'd walk in the door, and he'd say, "Spank Patsy." <laughs> He's like, what? I'm not doing that. <laughs> my mom did the same thing. I was like, why are you wait all day? Just like, get it over. <laughs> That's totally, that is so old school right there. That's so true. I remember my brother <laughs> hiding behind my mother when my dad would get home because he was like, please yeah. don't spank me. <laughs> so, it was so, un- so unfair to my dad. Like I hadn't. Right. At all. <laughs> He's like the bad cop. Like I got to come in yeah, and spank him. He was, he was very much they were very much a team and so he did it i don't think he liked it oh that's so anyway just kind of a regular yeah childhood very i was very active um we were all into different kind of activities i was a gymnast Mm. and um did that all the way into college and um yeah. yeah, but kind of boring, you know, boring yeah. in no. San Jose. Hey, boring's okay. <laughs> so yeah. um, before this life-changing moment that we're going to talk about in a second, <laughs> were you confident in who you were? 
Oh, is anybody ever really <laughs> that they are? And if you are, enjoy it because the universe would love to show you how you're really not as confident <laughs> yeah, as you think you yeah. are. Yeah, for um, sure. You know, I was kind of an anxious kid and I was very outgoing. I'm not super social, but the friends I did have were just like my dear, 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 dear friends. Mm. And super fun-loving and very light. I was a really light personality. But as you get older, you know, you change. Right. And I think that that, I give my husband Steve a lot of credit. We met very young. I was 18 and he was 19. Mm. So we really raised each other in, in a lot of respects. And he, like, just thought I was so awesome. Just thought ah. I could do anything. <laughs> and I, I literally give him credit for my college graduation because I didn't want to finish. And he kept saying, you're so yeah. close, just finish. Mm. And I just believed him. I always mm. just kind of trusted him. He was my partner, so I trusted him. And um, same with my career. I was so nervous. I wanted to go into retail or something. I didn't want to go into the big, bad business world. And, um, he really encouraged me and every promotion I got from then on, I would be petrified and he would, no, you should be running that business. You know, I didn't completely believe him, but I did trust that he saw something that I couldn't see. Right. Um, and yeah, I had Mm. that kind of like, why does everybody seem so together? And, and Mm. yet later, talked to many, many people mm-hmm. who said the same thing about me. Oh yeah. my God, yeah. we seem so together. Right. Yeah. So I just okay. think it's I don't I don't meet as many men who have that, but I've met so many women who have that syndrome. Have you met my husband? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> You're gonna still get in trouble for that. I know you're still gonna get in trouble. I'm sorry, honey. <laughs> Take that out. It's not coming out. I never take it out. He's got to take those hits. He knows who he married. Exactly. (laughs) Um, You know, I think you're right, though, with women. I think a lot of times we judge women based on what we see before we know who they really are. And Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a lot of reasons why we did this podcast, Mm -hmm. because I do feel like you know, you, sometimes you think somebody has it totally together, but you don't know their history or, you know, we're going to get into your story here. Um, and how, you know, people might've thought that. And then all of a sudden this, um, injury happens to you. And so tell us about what happened that afternoon and how everything changed. Yeah. You know, I just would like to preface that with kind of my biggest, two biggest lessons from the accident and and more importantly from the recovery is that kind of this level of acceptance that um you know that things are the way that they are Mm -hmm. and wishing for things to be different is kind of a waste of time Mm. that's good um and that we're all so much stronger than we think we are yeah yeah and and lastly that it's such a waste of time to worry about things. And if you if you list all the things in your head you're worried about, they rarely come to pass. Mm-hmm. And the thing you're not paying any attention to, I mean, thing, stuff still happens. Yeah. But why waste all that energy worrying about things that 
never ever come to pass. So yeah, well, that's, that's just a, just while I because I might forget. Yeah, <laughs> no, those are good. I'm done with this thing because I could be crying. You never. Oh, know. it's okay. Um, we'll hold you. Yeah, it's so, <laughs> okay. I've cried a so few times anyway, on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, I was just driving home from work, a beautiful, beautiful day, full sun. It was in August and it was 2018. I was on my way to get my hair done because I've had probably gray hair since I was in my 20s and had it colored regularly like every six weeks and then colored it my own every three weeks in between. Um, So anyway, I was just on my way and I was on this country road and it, it's a windy road in parts and mm-hmm. semis are allowed on it. It's kind of scary road, mm-hmm. but it was the only way to get from the two um, freeways that I um, were between my work and my home. And I happened to be on a straightaway. I was listening to my favorite um, doctor radio show, the ER doctor, which is kind of ironic. Yeah, that is kind and of ironic. I don't know if you've ever heard of that um, um talk show radio they used to have called Car Talk. No. And it was with Click and Clack, the Tappet Brothers. Anyway, they're from Boston. They worked on cars. They knew a lot about cars. And I would listen to that nonstop on, on public radio. And my husband was like, why do you listen to this? You don't know anything about cars. I said, I don't know. I just love her. And same with the ER. I know nothing about medicine. Yeah. I'm not interested in medicine, but I just love this show. Anyway, that being said, Just on this straightaway, probably going about 45 or 50 well within the speed limit, not Mm -hmm. speeding at all. And all of a sudden, this car in the opposing lane is coming right at me. Mm. And I had everything slowed way down, as people tell you, um, in these traumatic situations that you just totally, you are in the moment (laughs) in a way that is is so different than our regular um, concept of time. Had enough time, at least this is the story that I've held on to, had enough time to look to the right and decide it wasn't safe to go over there because there was a huge ditch and telephone poles. Mm. Look to the left um, where is the opposing lane. Right. Same situation, not feel, that not feeling safe. So just kind of slammed on my brake mm. and eked over to the shoulder as much as I could Um, and I think there might've been a moment where she, um, maybe woke up like right before the impact and, and turned a little, but I, I really, again, you know, it was a long time ago and that's the story I have in my head and I don't have anybody to tell me it was any different. Um, but as the car was like barreling down on me and I could see the logo of the car and then mm. I could see the, in the front, you know, the license plate and the logo and then the hood and then almost the, um, windshield, um, oh my gosh. when it hit, my last thought was, I guess this is happening. And it, mm. not that I wasn't afraid cause I certainly was afraid, but it was so interesting that, I wasn't in denial anymore, and I wasn't trying to fix it. I just was like, okay, mm-hmm. this is happening. Mm-hmm. Not knowing <laughs> what was going to be the um, fallout of that right. impact. And not being able to get away. I, cu- I couldn't get away. Yeah. It was happening. So um, at some point, 
Um, I came to, the airbags went off, my car wouldn't turn off. Um, I must have thrown my right hand up because it was cut, and then later it was just black as night, um, Mm. bruised from the impact of the um, airbags. The car wouldn't turn off, Um, my my phone flew in the air, my purse flew, my shoes fell off. Um, it was just a major impact. It, yeah. it was said later she was going about the same speed. Wow. So it was, that was like the equivalent of 90, you know, mile an hour impact. Basically. Right. So first thing I did was text my hairdresser and say, I'm not <laughs> going to make the appointment. Isn't that that crazy is so random. when your brain yeah. goes, you're like, oh, don't okay. let me disappoint <laughs> someone else. All at the same time. Oh my gosh. Wow. And then I called my husband, and of course he was getting ready to go over Hecker Pass, which is bad yeah. um, reception. Uh, reception. Mm-hmm. But as soon as I heard his voice, I just burst into tears. Oh. And then he didn't know if it was bad reception or he didn't know what was going on. I was able to squeak out that I'd been in an accident and where I was. And he pulled over and called our oldest son, who then became the contact person for me. Mm-hmm. Um, they People right away you know, came over to check on me, other drivers. Um, Cal Fire was the first responder, which was interesting. I didn't mm. know Cal Fire were first responders. Yeah. Um, somebody told me that the other woman was going to get the first ambulance because she was in worse shape. And mm. I remember being very angry about that. Mm. Like, she's in worse shape. She hit me. Right. But not rational, of course. Right. Um. Eventually, an ambulance came, and they took me, and they said they're going to take me to Natividad. And I'm like, no, I need to go to Santa Cruz. That's where I live. That's going to be inconvenient. And they're like, um, no, <laughs> you don't have a choice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's the trauma unit. That's where you're going. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm so funny. Like, who knew <laughs> I was going to be this, like, controlling? <laughs> like, who <you> knew? <laughs> I think all women are like that, right? right? We're like, like, no, no, no. I want to go to this this closest place. Yeah, it's not efficient the way that you're doing that. That's funny. <laughs> well, I mean, even in that much pain, to be able to yeah. like think, oh, I've got to call my hairdresser. I think I've got to. in shock. Yeah, totally. totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I knew something was very wrong with my right leg because I couldn't move it. Mm-hmm. And then when they were getting me out of the car, it. it, it was the most excruciating pain I've ever been in my life. Any little bump or just every movement hurt that leg in particular. Mm. And um, I could just tell it was bad and not to get too graphic, but the bone was sticking out mm-hmm. the back in the calf mm. yeah. at the bottom. Um, they didn't say it, but what they did say, I was just cognizant enough to say, is the bone sticking out of my leg? Mm. And they're like, uh, yeah. Oh. I'm like, okay. And they got me in the ambulance, and they got me to Natividad. And by the time I got, I think Steve basically beat me there. Mm. Um, and then it was just like an orchestration. There right. was one main doctor and tons of nurses and other specialists working on me mm. to get me stable. Um, and just a series of x-rays and ct scans and Mm. um the right leg was a compound fracture the tibia the fibula the ankle 
just all kind of crushed. Mm-hmm. Just the pressure of me slamming on the brakes and the impact kind of blew that leg up. Mm-hmm. The left leg also had a break just in the fibula, though. Um, and so that night they just set the leg in an, in a, I think they call it an external, I just went blank, but it just, it's terrible looking. It looks like Frankenstein where mm-hmm. bolts are sticking out of you. They just are setting it so that it doesn't start growing incorrectly. Mm-hmm. Um, external cast- fixator. Is that what you were looking? Thank you. Yeah. External fixator. I'm reading your notes. And- <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> anyway, they just um, did that and uh, the other leg was cast and we were in a hospital mm-hmm. room and each of the boys, during the whole ER situation, each of the boys got to come in separately, and I got to have some time with them. It was so sweet. I mean, mm. that also gets me emotional just because yeah. it's so rare to be that vulnerable yourself, mm. and yeah. then for their vulnerability, too, mm-hmm. for you to be so sick and yeah. hurt and unknown. This just the fear of the unknown. Yeah. I, I, uh, sorry, Patsy, okay. I just have to say this cause I was reading your notes and that's what it just like broke my heart and also opened up my heart is, um, the way you said each child like held this differently. So like one son yeah. couldn't really look her in the eye, but kept holding her hand. Mm-hmm. And then the youngest son locked eyes with her the whole time. Mm-hmm. And I just think that is such a, uh, the reason that struck out to me is because, you know, having older kids now too, I notice how, you know, each, each child handles situations differently. Mm, Totally. And so I thought that was really sweet how you could see the love that they had for you, but one was just so gentle in spirit that he couldn't look you in the eye because he knew he would break, you know? Yeah, and so um, such, again, such insight that you're not going to get when you have adult children like right. you did when you had babies mm-hmm. and toddlers and little kids. You know, they, you, you knew them. You knew them inside out. Right. And I'm not saying I don't know my children. I do, but I only know one side of them, yeah. right? Yeah, I yeah. know who they are as adults and they have, they have a whole life outside of me as they should. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, um, yeah, please stop me. Cause I, I have a tendency to ramble, but <laughs> it was such a sweet insight to have that time alone. So rare. I told my oldest son that, um, I love your girlfriend. Are you going to mm. marry her? Oh. Like, oh, oh. <laughs> I'm like, look, I'm on my deathbed. <laughs> now you sound like a Jewish yeah. mother. I'm dying. I'm dying you need to marry her. <laughs> I could be. It's my it's one awesome. last wish. Simon. Yeah, my one last wish. <laughs> That's funny. Oh. And then they let the they let the two girls in, and that was just super sweet. And Aww. I got to hold their hands and a completely different um, experience with that. But just this, wow, that I have so much support in my life. Yes. I have these people that just love me. And Mm. 
are worried about me, just like I would be for them, right? Right. But you just don't always know the re- right the, the reciprocalness. Don't and you? Especially as a parent. Don't you feel it feels like, like the love goes one way a lot of the yeah, time? Yeah. And don't you feel like and that's okay. this puts you certain things in perspective? Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like right now, especially we're in this time and, uh, you know, right as we're recording this, there's these fires that are all mm-hmm. around us, right? And people are losing their yeah. homes and all these things are happening. And it kind of puts into perspective, like what's really important. And mm-hmm. I feel like when you go through things like what you went through, it's that moment of aha, oh mm-hmm. my gosh, like life is fragile. Yeah. And the things it that really is. the things that we and think it are important. It down to the most simple things mm-hmm. that you need in life. Yes. Yeah, and absolutely. I just, and, and I just need them. And what I learned is they need me too. Yeah, yeah that, that's good. That was a gift. <clears throat> so anyway, from yeah. the hospital, I go into rehab where I learned how to, um, but this time they had done surgery on my leg. It was just full of pins and screws and all kinds of crazy stuff. Uh, no weight bearing for four or five months. The other leg, they just put a simple, one simple pin in, and I was in a walking boot. But again, multiple months of not being able to, I could walk on that one, the left mm-hmm. one, but I could not walk on the right one. Uh, rehab taught me how to work in a wheelchair and a walker and a, um, occupational therapy kind of taught me how to do things safely, getting dressed and brushing teeth and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Luckily, the house that we built, we kind of built not for ourselves. Um, We thought we were going to have to sell it after a few years Mm -hmm. because it ended up, you know, costing twice as much as we thought it was going to (laughs) cost. And so we kind of built it. My husband's in the skilled nursing uh, business, so we built it for an age in place. Mm -hmm. So all... All of the surfaces are flat. There's no big step ups between any of the rooms. There's an elevator. Wow. I mean, it's kind of crazy, but this house was perfect for me to rehab at home and rehab independently yeah. without, you know, a lot of a lot of help. I still needed a lot of help. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But Steve could leave for hours and hours during the day, and I was fine. And I feel like that's such a, um, that's such a coincidence is what we call it because that, that wasn't, you thought that wasn't for you. And also what I found interesting is your boys are in the medical supply and I'm like, what, if that's not a blessing in the midst of like this, you know, tragedy, right. I'm like, no, she's covered. Like God, God's like, I got you covered. Don't worry. Like (laughs) I got all the stuff for you. Right. And so it was such, that's where I have to. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. It's I just... was going to have to suffer the pain, but I wasn't going to have to have additional suffering. Yeah. There were so many gifts. Like, they knew what I needed before I even got home. So beautiful. Because of their work and yeah. because the, of their experience. And Steve, too, of course. Yeah. And then this house that was, I, you know, Steve could, I could use the walker to get into the shower it was yeah. big enough to turn the walker around that's it amazing had a huge bench in it i mean it's just like it yeah, really little was things. Kind of yeah yeah it's, it's like god's preparation you know we don't know what's down the road but he's mm-hmm. like um some you know we're gonna prepare for this right. because this this is gonna be bad and we're gonna make sure you can get through it as you know as well as you can so uh what i want to ask is 
after this whole thing, I know there's like so much more and she had another surgery after the first surgery didn't take on her leg. I mean, Patsy, I swear when I heard this happen, my heart was just like breaking in half. I couldn't believe like, uh, who prayed for you all the time. It was insane. And, um, but through all of this, you know, I know you and I have talked a little bit since then at different things we've seen each other at. And I just wanted to ask like how this has really changed the way you look at life now. Yes, for sure. I mean, I liken it to like where I was when JFK died. I was in first grade right? and where I was when the challenger blew up, I was waiting for a tow truck and mm-hmm. sitting at home and watching it. And where I was on nine 11, mm-hmm. I was, um, at my home with my children, mm-hmm. you know, right there. And, and I'll never forget, yeah. um, August, 2018, but the way it changed me so it's so profound. Now, maybe it'll flee, but I'm enjoying it right now for sure. And the thing, the enjoyment that I'm getting is pretty much all the things I let myself get wound up about and worried about and just wringing my hands and gnashing my teeth. And mm. I mean, they were dumb. <laughs> they were, <laughs> were minuscule. They were things like running late for an appointment mm. or, you know, somebody looked at me funny and what did they mean by that? Mm. And, I mean, it was stupid yeah. the, where where my brain went and how how it, um, it reacted. And again, kind of boiling down everything to just the simplest thing is that I'm alive. Yeah. I'm alive. Mm-hmm. And I didn't walk away. But I rolled away, and uh, eventually I walked again, and um, it was, I just am never out of the place of gratitude anymore. I'm not saying I don't have bad times. I'm not saying I don't think bad thoughts or or get stuck in a tornado of negativity, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't last very long. Mm -hmm. I still just constantly count my blessings Mm. and I feel way more flexible than I was before when plans got changed on me before I you know have to go through a whole process and now I just kind of pause I literally pause and I think about the change and I think yeah that'll work or I say no that's not going to work for me or you know whatever but I don't I'm not you're not dwelling on it I'm not dwelling, yeah. man. I could just regurgitate every mm-hmm. conversation and mm-hmm. every good and bad thing that happened, and I just quit doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, um, spiritually, like, what has been your view of this journey? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have always been spiritual. I, yeah. I was raised in the church, and, and we went to church. I didn't raise my children in the church, but I definitely try to practice the golden rule and tried to teach the golden rule and they're fine young men and um, live live very righteously so I, I feel like we did that part of okay Steve and I've been going to church kind of semi-regularly since we moved over to the coast mm-hmm. last 10 years or so mm-hmm. and um, I got a lot out of it I'm I'm, I'm easily cry mm-hmm. at the music and um, the messages are 
always great, but mm-hmm. I have always been spiritual. Like I totally believe in universal love. I'm not sure about who, what, where, how I'm, I'm not as um, strong in my Christian convictions, mm-hmm. but I'm definitely a big believer in love. And there is a, there is a force so much bigger, mm-hmm. um, than me. And it, he, however you want to say has totally guided my life mm-hmm. and it kept me from many, many bad things, you know, yeah. um, in the past. And yeah. Yeah. when the bad thing did happen, um, just showed me how much love I have in my life and you know, sometimes I'd be rolling around on the wheelchair in the house here and feeling a little sorry for myself because it just was such a long process. And then, like you said, Phyllis, I, unfortunately, the first surgery ended up not taking, but that mm-hmm. was, God, that was like six, nine months after the original surgery, and I had to start completely mm-hmm. over again. Mm-hmm. That was, like, so disheartening. Yeah. Um, but again, it didn't last very long as I would say, you know what? I wouldn't want to live in a wheelchair, but if I had to, I could, yeah. you know, I just, you know, I just have this again. I, the only thing I can say is gratitude. gratitude yeah. And yeah. the last kind of real spiritual thing was I truly felt like my mom and dad were mm-hmm. around me. Mm-hmm. They're both gone and that they were there in that car with me. Mm. Maybe not when it happened, but right Absolutely. afterwards. Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, I woke up from the second round of surgeries in a completely different part of the hospital in February 2019. And I looked outside and there was this angel statue right outside mm. my window. And there weren't, never seen anything like that before yeah. where I'd been to that hospital for uh. weeks and weeks. So, for sure, um, the spirituality thing, it's, you know, it's real. And I've known it was real, but I got, like, lots and lots of evidence. Yeah. Yeah, and I think sometimes, you know, I was having a conversation with somebody the other day, and, you know, they're in a pretty bad situation, and... um, you know, they're, they don't really have a strong faith. And they were asking me like, well, gosh, if God is so great, then why does this person who's never had a drink in their life, never smoked in their life, you know, why do they have cancer right now? And I'm like, because it's life and it's fallen. Like we don't live in a perfect world and it doesn't matter if you're a believer or you're not a believer. The fact is, is life's going to happen and it's Mm going to hit you hard. But where do you go when it hits hard? Mm-hmm. Like, if you don't have an anchor for your soul, you know, you could be very lost. And I think that's where people miss out. Like, they feel like there's all these expectations that they have to meet before they can be close to God. And and I, I don't believe that. Oh, I believe that God yeah. wants to meet you right where you are in whatever space that you're in, mm-hmm. whether you're a and seeker. And kind of his forte. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To meet you where you are. Yes. He likes he to show off to... too. So yeah. he's going to show you, yeah. you know? The fact that you opened your heart and your eyes to see those things, because most people would just glaze over mm-hmm. it and not really think of it as a sign or anything mm-hmm. like that. But there, he show, that's how he shows up mm-hmm. because you can't visibly see him. And so, you know, to be able to open your heart to those things and have it mm-hmm. touch you is like visible evidence that, you know, he exists. So, yeah. So I have one last question for you. 
Sure. And what would you tell your 22-year-old self? <laughs> and this, I'm, I'm excited oh, for this yeah. response. I, I did. I might have to cheat, cheat look at my notes a little bit. <laughs> I, the, my very first response to that was, it's going to be okay. Yeah. And, um, and also just to lighten up. <laughs> That's awesome. To just get out of your head a little bit. So even at 22, I was pretty high strung, I think. And um, I think the other thing I would tell my 22-year-old self is don't jump to conclusions all the time. Mm. Like we were talking earlier about women in particular. I have to say I did this, so maybe not all women, but I'll speak for myself. I would say all women. (laughs) (laughs) Meet a woman for the first time. And just decide who she is yeah. without ever really spending any time talking to her, you know? Yeah. Um, just ask more, ask more clarifying questions. Don't jump That's to conclusions. Good. Yeah, I love um, that. That could have helped. That could have served me very well as a parent <laughs> if, I, if I hadn't right? jumped to conclusions all the time. Yeah. But that's, um, that's pretty much it. That everybody's probably feeling the same way you are. Think of it as junior high. Yeah. Right. We're probably yeah. all feeling the way you're feeling. We're all pimply face insecure yeah. girls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're the, you know, I always just say those girls turn into women. So that's, you yeah. know, it's, it's about kind of breaking that cycle and, and, you know, being supportive of one another. And I think that's, you know, our mission, at least I know that that's Phyllis and my mission and goal is to make sure that women know that they are seen and loved and, Mm -hmm. and that we're all in this boat together, you know, we don't have to do it alone. So. Yeah. I think you guys are doing a great service. Oh, thank you. I think it's wonderful. I think it's wonderful. I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm envious. If I had a particular subject, I would, I would say that I would do a podcast, but since oh. I'm not an expert in anything. Oh, no, that's no. not true. This is, I mean, this, I just think that this is so good because I was reading in my devotional this morning mm-hmm. about gratitude and mm-hmm. in the midst of your circumstances, it's just kind of ironic that, um, that we would talk about that today. Um, but yeah, it was just talking about like, no matter what your circumstances is, can you still be grateful mm-hmm. in the midst of whatever you're in? And so, and I've had to, during this period in COVID, like I have had to really some days try really hard to be grateful because right. it can get dark yes. and deep, you know? Yeah. So for yeah. sure. But I know for sure, Patsy, that God has a plan for you because he definitely wants you here to yeah. finish whatever you need to finish. So yeah. <laughs> you're on that good journey, it girl. Like it feels like that to me too. It yeah. totally does. Yeah. It's, I don't know what it is. And it could be as simple as just being um, a great person in my family's life, yeah. whether that's a wife or a mother a or grandma. a grandma. Yeah. <laughs> You, yeah. you have a whole nother legacy to teach these wonderful things too. So yeah. we're just so grateful. Yeah. Thank you yeah. so much for being yeah. on today. And Thank so you. if somebody wanted to connect with you on Instagram, where can they find you? <laughs> it's a funny name. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's sassy. Like a sassy girl. Uh-huh. Pats. Okay. P-A-T-S. 57. Awesome. Okay. Sassy Pats 57. All right. We'll make sure to put it in the show notes too. But 24 Karat Tribe, don't forget to subscribe. Give us a review and share with your friends. And don't forget to join the Facebook group. And we look forward to talking to you next time. Until then, sparkle on. Bye, peace. Bye, guys.